0: Welcome to The Wonderland, a podcast with coaches Amanda Jones and Alex Linares. Listen in as they drop down the rabbit hole to explore reality, suffering and awakening. Leave your worries and fears behind and get ready for a taste of The Wonderland.
1: Welcome back to The Wonderland. This is episode three. Today we are exploring the allegory called Plato's Cave. And in this allegory, Plato describes a group of people who have lived chained to the wall of a cave all their lives and they're facing a blank wall. The The people watch shadows projected on the wall from objects passing in front of a fire behind them, and then they give names to these shadows. The shadows are the prisoner's reality, but they are not accurate representations of the real world. The narrator suggests that the shadows are reality for the prisoners because they've never seen anything else. They don't realize that what they see are shadows. And so we're exploring this allegory as being synonymous with our experience of thought. So when thought is believed to be reality, when really thought is nothing more than shadows on the cave wall, we try to improve the shadows, try to manage them and even escape them. And what I
0: love about revisiting the the allegory of the cave is that even when I read it, decades ago there was something so familiar about it yeah I was I was a kid when I first read this and uh that that experience of uh, there being something off about life and experience there was just something like this And, and that 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 whole setup just felt very familiar and in revisiting it now as an adult the other thing that that I that really resonated with me and now having um, a broader way of articulating that experience of of see, feeling like you're seeing shadows, right? And we can mm-hmm. think of shadows as thought, as concepts, as just uh, representations of something else, right? And and the the gap, right, the sense gap between like reality, solid or reality, and then what what we're perceiving. Um, what I really it was really interesting to revisit this and see how there there's just an orientation it's not that there was there was no certainty about the shadow in the cave being the wrong place to be and then there being this alternate place where where things were as they should be and for some reason in my memory there was a sense of that tone and then revisiting it now I realize that that's just not there it's not part of the message the message is really around as I as I captured it just a a shift in orientation that comes naturally when we realize that it's just shadows and it's just thought and it's just concepts Mm and uh it it was just it's really interesting to to get that sense that the the shadow world is not wrong right there's there's nothing went wrong here right that that we are experiencing life, life through shadows so that was just a Bit, first big thing that really popped out to me when i when I read it. What about you revisiting it? what
1: well, uh, I had read it years ago as well, and it it just struck me that it, it it's completely talking about thought. <laughs> our experience of what we believe is real, uh, which has to start with thought. I mean, if you know, thought is invisible, we don't we don't see that that is. The the phenomenon that is creating everything, the entire world, our experience, uh, interpretations—in other words, of a physical world—and um, it just it just occurred to me that that the suffering that it elicits to try to continuously manage and try to change the the shadows is a lifelong battle. Um, because as we explored in the first episode uh, the me idea the me is the very first shadow that develops and then it's never explored further because just like the prisoners in the cave there is no there is no reorientation to something else there's no con- there's no consideration that there is something else um yeah and and
0: i think that's really important because Sometimes we, sometimes we can have this sense of, well, I want to see what else there is, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and I want to see if there's more to these shadows. But but that in itself, it's shown to be an absurd goal, <laughs> right? Because
1: explore, it's all shadows. It's
0: all shadows. And yeah. Basically, we're, we're stacking shadows, right? To to create something that feels more real, but what we're just it's all made of the same, you know, quote unquote substance, right? That that yeah. is nothing. It's just a um, they're all just representations for things that um that we don't really know directly. And that thought, and then thought becomes this powerful, you know, kind of experience instead of being um a limitation, mm. it is the The way that we get to experience life and that we get to see the world um in our own way and also know that that's not solid reality, right? So we can have that openness through that knowing um that, you know, thoughts or shadows um aren't made of anything solid,
1: yes. And to add on to that, I want you to explain what you shared with me earlier about backing away out of the cave. And what you have discovered, what you what you saw, because because I have something to add on to that. And I it's it's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've I've always loved the image of the cave.
0: Like I said, like from the first time I heard it, it was very familiar. And I think, you know, it's kind of it's almost archetypal, really, that yes. that we all get this sense like, you know, there's some something going on here. So in exploring the felt sense of being in this cave and being these shadows the big question came up like then what is it that is seeing these shadows what is it that is experiencing these shadows because there's definitely a shadow of me mm-hmm. in in this in this cave wall that that I see and and then as i kind of backed out right in a very like if you can think of like this dream state of just see being in a cave and backing out of that image that it, that i set up for us in this allegory and there was nothing there there was nothing in between the light and the shadow mm-hmm. there was no solid um anything there was there was just an implied sense of self that wasn't generated by anything that was solid or real and and that was really eye opening for me because it it really collapsed these two concepts right of 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 the observer and you know, all these things yes. that we kind of start getting a sense of, and then it just collapsed it into the experience versus it being an experience being experienced by something separate.
1: And that is that is what I see as this weird experience of quote having thoughts. You, you know, we, in in our in our language, we're saying I'm having all these thoughts, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and it when you look at that it's it's exactly what you're saying there's there's a seemingly separate separation between a me and a thought or a me and a shadow on the wall or awareness and an object but as you're explaining as you're describing what you saw was as you walked backwards out there was nothing in between the light and the shadow they were inseparable there was no solid separate me and then a shadow does that make sense i don't think so it <laughs> <And> no, even... <laughs> it, de-
0: it definitely <laughs> makes sense in that when whenever we investigate beyond just the way that our language works which is mm-hmm. you know subject object yeah and, and anyone can do this experiment like it, when you say i am i see something and you really, really get into the sense of seeing something. There's no seer. There, like you'll right. never there's find. There's just it. seeing. Right. <laughs> there's just seeing. There's yeah. there's this activity, yeah. and and to me, the shadows and thought are the activity. And within yes. that whole activity, there is an implied sense of self that, through our acculturation and our language, we we prop up um and then we we keep assuming that it's there somewhere but in any moment to moment real investigation that we do and 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 this is what meditation is this is what a lot of the modalities are getting to is that whenever you look there's only ever activity there's never there's being there's no actual solid entity being anything anything else just the yeah. activity of
1: being So how can, how can people realize this? I mean, that is, that's kind of what you're saying is, is all it takes. If you're, if you're interested in relieving some suffering that is based on the mis, misunderstanding that there is a you and then there's thoughts and those thoughts are either welcomed or need to be resisted. At one look closer, look for that apparent subject that 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 is that is different from thought. I mean, check it out for yourself. How do you know about this me? Isn't it through thought? How do yeah. you know about yourself other than than thought? What is outside of thought? Is there some boundary where you can leap over and be outside of thought? and how would you know you were there? Yeah. And, and that's kind of the other piece of the allegory is
0: that even though it's proposed as this other place, when you really read the tone of it, there is no certainty about a here versus there. Like there, there isn't a place to get to where you all of a sudden see truth and that's the only thing you see. And, and what I really, really caught this, you know, this time around, um, it's that it describes the 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 pain of two things. The pain of going from darkness to light and the pain of going from light to darkness. And I just thought that was really interesting, wow. kind of this dynamic of that that we can go through where we see something big, we have a big insight. And then there, there's a bit of discomfort sometimes, right? When when we see something or there's a belief that all of a sudden kind of crumbles on us and and then there's kind of the way around there's, there's this kind of settling back into the shadows mm-hmm. almost <laughs> hung over from our insight a little bit, yes. you know, there's this, discomfort of, but that seems part of the process as well. You yes. know, there, there was this kind of dance of going from light to darkness to light um, that didn't, it really felt uh, Purposeful is the word that I want to use right now, but that doesn't even fit. Like it, it just it just makes sense that that's just yeah. part of this dance, and, yes. and it and it kind of kind of the theme of what we discuss here a lot, which is like there's nothing to do, right? There's nothing <laughs> that, that needs yes. to be done. Like nothing's gone wrong. It's just being in awe that this dance is happening, yes, um, yeah. and and the ebbs and flows of that, uh, in in. That that goes back to the point that that you were making, or the question that you asked was, how do we how do we get how do we get that felt sense that when we look at that solid self that's experiencing, we we tend to come up short, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of seeing that dance as well, like the, that that there's fluidity in that in the in the light to darkness interplay that that's set up by this premise um and then there isn't anyone doing that managing that or even
1: experiencing that
0: is just the dance itself
1: that's and that's the mind blowing part that that can be realized is is that it's there's just the dancing because if there were somebody doing it somebody called me or you doing it that would imply some sort of control but we can clearly see we don't have any control on what thought appears what next thought appears what next sensation appears and so it's 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 noticing when when one is caught one is caught in the shadow play immediately that's the clue that it feels like there's a there's a me caught in a shadow play yet i am real and then the shadows are some problem to be fixed. And that kind of suffering, that kind of tension and and impulse to escape the cave is the is the little clue? is the little signal of the dance love that because it it just all
0: points back to the the negative feelings that we're trying to run away from are just a reminder that we're believing separation. Yes.
1: Yes. That That the the illusion of separation is suddenly appearing and it's a problem, but that's not it. (laughs) It, it, That is not the problem. There is no problem with believing it either. It's just really kind of zooming out and really getting curious about the shadows. And... Is there something that's being excluded from being a shadow? And I guarantee you, what's being excluded is the idea of myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it, and it almost feels like a process that that we go through as we uncover ourselves in in different ways in our experience, and we investigate our experience. Is that there's this first kind of zooming out where you know, we're very, the, the observer sense is really strong. And then there's this collapse back into it, mm-hmm. realizing that, that it's the same, you know, it's the same thing, right. It's the same experience. And, um, and neither of that, neither of those um, vantage points are wrong, right. It just, right. It's just yes. part of it. Yeah.
1: I think, I think for a lot of people uh, that we work with, the, The introduction of the observer is a really helpful um, provisional teaching, so to speak, because um, even though it's not it's not totally accurate as who you are, it can help it can help zoom out and take that perspective to see the story that is being believed to see the stories that are being played and generated and um, propped up, but we don't stop there because you can notice sometimes the observer is there and sometimes it's not just like you said, sometimes the, you, you're apparently observing thought and feeling, and sometimes it all collapses down and there's no separation. There is no observing. There's just experiencing. And
0: I'm, I'm curious what your, um, what your thoughts are on that the outside of the cave right there there is a brief description of of the sun right of of when you go out and and you have the discomfort of of the lights and you know yes wanting to run back into the cave and that that process and then actually being out there i'm curious what what came up for you there
1: i loved that part because ugh. He says, and I'm obviously paraphrasing, that the, the, some prisoners escaped and they went blind because the sun was so bright. And to me, that is kind of like at, sometimes when there is a when there is a big realization that your world is not what you think it is, that that reality is not what you have been believed to be. Um, there can be a kind of aggravation and um, fear that that wants that is an impulse to go back into the cave but as you continue to explore and, and watch it kind of unfold and dance it's more like you get to the very edge of the cliff you can't go any farther that there really is no outside and then you turn back around and walk back into the cave and now the cave is not dark and dreary it's the wonderland you return back into the cave dream but it's a whole different landscape so there is nothing outside of the cave we we can't access that but we don't have to that's another you know trap i think Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's really important
0: because when we get the sense that this what we're seeing as shadows, there the mind goes into then what's the opposite of this?
1: Yes, right, like Mm
0: duality. Yeah, it it that's what it, it immediately does, and then so if it's darkness, then there has to be light somewhere. I'm like, it just gets into this. Um, kind of conversation with itself of trying to find the other place. Then, if this is not it, then it has to be somewhere else. And and I think it's really um, it's really important to realize that. To your point, when when you turn around and you're in the wonderland, and you realize you're in the wonderland, and we we talked about this last time as well, and and on that topic, which was that it it it's all of it, right? It's it, and you were talking about. When we work with people, to identify, and then the observer is a helpful kind of transitional um, insight and, and kind of a seat to to see experience from. We we kind of go through you're not your thoughts, you're not your feelings, you're not. And then you kind of we revisit it right in that spiral of well, you're not just your thoughts and you're not just, and then you go around the spiral and it's just like you're all of it. Yes. Right. Like yes. you're not just you're all of it. And um and, and that to me is that walking backwards and that, you know, kind of expanding what that cave is, that experience is. Um and and then the shadows look different. Absolutely, and they still seem real. They still yes, seem because that how, is what
1: what real looks like.
0: Yeah, oh, I like
1: that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go back to that <laughs> record scratch. Yeah. Well, um, it, well it, people it, ask me all the time. I don't, you know, when we when we hear this message about your, you know, thought is not reality. Thought is not real your uh stories are not real and all of that the number one thing that we hear and of course understandable in me too is but it feels so real it looks so real and the answer to that is that's what real looks and feels like yeah that that really resonates because
0: instead of that that just leaves one speechless i guess um that if, if that's what real feels like then there's no quote unquote escape what what yes what are we looking for then
1: yeah who's what what is the actual real entity that could recognize unreal like yeah so yeah, that is that. what real feels it feels so real yes that is what real feels like that is the experience of the, the sense of real reality and then it changes, but it's not, it's not like a, um, an opposite to unreal because yeah. we, we, there's no, there's nobody to recognize what is real and unreal because those are shadows, all three of them.
0: And as you were talking about the, the feeling of reality and, and, yes, it it feels real. This is what real feels like. And and not being able, there's nothing to escape there. It it reminded me of a lot of the conversations that I have um, around the feeling of there being an observer or the feeling of there being some kind of awareness. And and then what's really come up for me as an answer for that right as a response to that is that well that's what feeling what being alive feels like yeah. that's what aliveness feels like it it yeah. it can be interpreted as as this observer right as this experiencer and there's nothing wrong with that either so yeah you know, in in just seeing how the mind will find up it's looking for opposites and in, in reality, in the totality of experience, there
1: are no opposites. Exactly, brilliant. That's so beautiful. I remember uh, so, uh, being in, on an in exploration with somebody about this, and she was she was a little bit stuck on, but but I feel like I feel like I'm Rachel. That's not her name. I'm protecting the identity. <laughs> and and we as we continue to explore it, I, it occurred to me, but. What if that's just what being alive feels like? And and the Rachel identity label was kind of pasted on top of that. What if that is what aliveness feels like? Yeah. So
0: what if being in the cave mm-hmm. is what aliveness feels like? What reality feels like? And there's nothing to fix. Yes. Not the shadows, not the observer, not the cave.
1: Brilliant. I want to end with a quote by our favorite Michael Markham. It says, You spin and twirl your memories and hopes into a garment that completely blocks the light. You stumble in the darkness hobbled by your fear. You believe that the garment is who you are and spend your limited time on Earth protecting it and reweaving its torn places. And all the time, just outside your dream, is a wonderland.
0: This has been The Wonderland Podcast. If you'd like to explore further with Amanda or Alex, visit Amanda's website at uncoveryspace.com or Alex's website at kanemacoaching.com.